Welcome to Yolitics, the home of cold beer and hot takes on Texas politics. Hey, let me start this podcast by saying, Wheeler, I'm glad you're okay, first of all. How so? I'm glad you're fine. I saw the... I'm glad to know I'm okay, too. Well... Yeah, that's news to me. Relatively speaking. But I (laughs) I saw the pics from the car wreck when you were 16, and that looked Uh, like a bad car wreck. Yeah, the, the, old the car picture wreck. I can't get out of my head though Long is hair. the mullet you had, my friend, when you were 16. You were business up front, party in the back. That, that was back in that day. That was not called a mullet. It was just the haircut. It, <laughs> you know, it's just like the bowl cut that I had as a kid. It was just the haircut at the time. Dude, you but lived yes. every bit of the 1980s, man. You you yeah. lived every single bit of it. I Kelly Kelly yelled at me to come in in the back room and watch watch the TV. <laughs> oh my God, come here! You got you got to see this. You got to see Wheeler. So all she those years it. ago, great hair even then. Dude, it was it it was good stuff, man. You look the same though. You haven't aged. I mean, uh, that's now that's what I was trying to get to here. That's what I wanted to hear. I, I delivered on that one, man. So you know, you're welcome. Um, I'm gonna so, drink to that actually. Right, so uh, what are you drinking, my friend? I am having what's called a foobar. <laughs> Look at this. F-U-B-A-R. It I, is, uh, did you get the same thing? No, I, I brought two just in case because I figured you didn't okay. bring a beer. No, I brought it. Uh, what, what and is foobar? Uh, what does that mean, Jason? You, you, well, uh, it means, what does that I, mean? I, know what the, I know what the U-B-A-R means. Maybe you can help me with the first letter. It's uh, up beyond all recognition. I'm not sure what that F stands Messed for. Messed up though. beyond all recognition. No, it's not an M. It's an F. Oh, it's an F. Uh, just like think that one over for a minute. Like to buy a vowel on this one, <laughs> And And the reason I, I chose that, and we'll get into it just here, here in a moment, is because this podcast touches on something that, depending on what side of the argument you are on, you either think that the way things went may have been FUBAR, or you think that the response to it is FUBAR. So... I, I, I think there's people on both sides of that. There, there is another acronym, which I don't think there's a beer named after right now, but that people use all the time. Major news outlets use it all the time. Snafu. Snafu. Which is uh-huh. Situation normal, all messed up. Yes, but it's not Snamu. The, the same F is in that one, too. I think I it means fudge. Yeah, it's all fudged fudge up. But, you know, yeah. it still blows me away when I see that, like from the Associated Press or from. I whatever. have used that. I think I've actually used that on air. Seven times. Really? Yeah. But maybe from today on, I will not. I'm having <laughs> what are you a, having? I'm having a, a buoy Bach here. This is buoy Bach. I like yeah, that. From Freetail, um, Freetail Brewing Company in San Antonio, man. Your, your old uh, stomping grounds. The 210. I, I'm uh, representing the 210. San Antonio. Uh, and, and I believe somewhere on that can, it says something along the lines of, I, I don't deserve mercy, but I at least deserve a drink. I was about to say Is that it. right? Uh, can you read it? Yep. I don't uh, deserve wow, mercy. Wow, I got it just right. You nailed it, man. Have you had this uh, before? And I have. Uh, and I would say that that saying fits you to a T. So go ahead and have a drink. You don't deserve any mercy, though. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, <laughs> so... So we're talking about this today. I don't know if you saw the headlines about it, but of course the election is behind us now. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of people breathing a sigh of relief about that, that, that it's over and they're not having to see those ads consistently anymore. Well, but it's not totally over. Didn't win. Unless your person yeah. didn't win, they're not breathing a sigh of relief. They're probably... True. You may not, you may not be yeah. happy at all, but you've got to wait a little while. 
but, you know, in fact, the election is not over now because we've got investigations underway, not, you know, in Arizona or, you know, Georgia. We're talking about right here in Texas, uh, the Secretary of State's office, the Attorney General's office, the Texas Rangers office, among others, uh, have been tasked now with investigating how things went specifically in Harris County in the Houston area. Harris County always gets it uh, after an election because they're slow to count the votes. Uh, I thought this was interesting, Jason. Uh, the Texas Tribune spelled out that Harris County uh, has more population than roughly half of the states in this country. Oh, yeah. And so I, I, I didn't realize it was that, I, I didn't realize it beat that many states. And so, you know, you've got this local elections office now dealing with all of those voters. You know, Murphy's Law says something's bound to go wrong. Uh, but in this particular case, in, in November of 2022, uh, the governor feels like uh, too much went wrong and that some of it may have been purposely wrong. Yeah, which is a, a pretty steep charge. That's a steep charge. And whether they, you know, anyone can meet that charge, we'll have to wait and see. But you know, at the end of the day, the, the headlines are, and I don't think either side disputes, there were at least 23 out of 782 polling locations, a small percentage, but still, you don't want any. 23 voting locations ran out of ballot paper. And mm. when you run out of ballot paper, you, you can't cast a ballot. There were others that opened late. There were, uh, and because of that, they had to get a, a court order. A few people went to court, the ACLU and others, uh, asking that that uh, a number of uh, you know that, that people in Harris County could could extend their uh, right to vote for until eight o'clock. And then just mm -hmm. the other day, just before Thanksgiving, the Texas Supreme Court said, "Yeah, you, you have to count those 2,100 votes that there were. Have to put those into the totals." There's a lot going on, and you and you know, Jason, we, we both lived in, in Houston and Harris County before. Mm -hmm. Harris County is is a little purple. Houston is is very blue, and it's been a favorite target of Republicans. They they want to mm -hmm. flip it. They want to you know take shots at it as much as they can. That's why the GOP leaders are going after it. Yeah, and the governor uh, made note here that those uh, places where they ran out of paper ballots were in what he called Republican precincts, and, and, and so that got him uh, riled up even more there. So we will see. We will see what these different investigations produce, and those aren't the only investigations into this. There's another interesting one that we're going to talk about here in just a moment, uh, because on the line with us today, we have a former Harris County clerk, Chris Hollins, uh, who is currently running for mayor there in Houston, uh, and he has done the job of administering an election there in Harris County at a very difficult time uh, back in 2020, middle of the pandemic, uh, and uh, he was sort of thrust into the role, uh, hadn't been on the job for long, uh, tried a bunch of new things, including drive-through voting. Some people in Houston remember that, as well as uh, tried to get aggressive on the mail-in ballots, and boy, did he catch the attention of some Republican state officials with those moves which later led to new restrictions being passed in the legislature. Uh, at any rate, we have him on the phone with us here, uh, or on the line with us here today, uh, to talk about this because it's always great to hear about something like this from someone who has actually sat in the hot seat. So, Chris, thanks for being back on with us again. Uh, just, you know, if we can just start off, we'll talk about the governor's words here in just a moment, but as someone who has done this before, how do you feel about the way the November 2022 election was carried out there in Harris County. Thanks for being with us, Chris. Um, we're going to get into what the governor has had to say uh, about the election in Harris County here in just a moment. 
But as someone who has done the job before, you've, you've overseen the elections, in fact, during a very difficult year in 2020. What do you think about the way it went in 2022 as somebody who has a lot of insider knowledge? Sure. Well, first off, Jason and Jason, uh, just a pleasure to be on here again with you all. Um, but, you know, 2022, uh, an incredibly important election, just as, as 2020 was. And here in Harris County, uh, the largest county in the state of Texas, uh, it is a tough job to administer these elections. On election day, we had nearly 800 uh, voting locations, thousands upon thousands of election workers needed to do that job. You have to train them and then, of course, hold them accountable uh, for serving the upwards of a million people who ultimately turned out. And, you know, every election has its quirks, has its challenges. Um, you know, this one, I would say, went relatively smoothly. But on Election Day, uh, we did see uh, a significant challenge with, uh, I want to say, 20 or so voting locations uh, running out of paper going towards the evening. And look, your job as an election administrator, and of course, what we all want to see as Americans who believe in democracy, is folks who are registered to vote, who are citizens and who have uh, this sacred right, they should be able to exercise that right. And so, you know, steps were taken to give those folks who um, who ran into those challenges an opportunity to vote. Uh, I'm glad that ultimately they were able to uh, and, and saddened for those who were impacted. But uh, at the end of the day, you know, we got through it. And ultimately, it's about giving the people their say uh, and then honoring the results of, of what the people tell us that they want to see in terms of leadership for the next generation uh, in this state and, of course, in the city of Houston. Now, Chris, one of your successors, the guy in office now as the Harris County Elections Administrator, is a guy named Cliff Tatum. Mm -hmm. And he's brand new to the job, just was hired on in August. And then, you know, he got trial by fire with what happened down there. Here's what I can't get, though. I, I don't understand. Uh, obviously, Harris County has the largest county uh, population-wise in, in the state of Texas, one of the largest in the country. 782 polling locations. There's a lot of them. But this was a low turnout election. I, how in the world did they run out of ballot paper? I, I just don't get that. Yeah, I'm, I'm surprised uh, by that. And look, you know, one of the most important things that you can do on top of choosing the locations uh, that you ultimately, you know, destined as election centers is to allocate the machines uh, and then, of course, the resources to run those machines. And that's that's election workers. And in this case, paper. Now, I don't want to be the armchair quarterback here. Uh, when I was serving in 2020, uh, we did not have paper ballots as a backup in, in Harris County. So it's something that I personally did not have to deal with. Mm. Uh, but you would think that in the same way that you say, okay, location one gets 25 machines, location two gets 15, uh, that they would have the paper uh, to deal with the folks who you expected to show up. And of course, on election day, it's one of those things where you'd want to leave everything on the field, right? So you'd, you'd bias towards over uh, estimation. And uh, I do know that in 2020, we had essentially roving supply trucks uh, that allowed us to, uh, to respond quickly. Now, now, one thing that I will add is that one thing we did in 2020 was that, again, out of an abundance of caution, we had county clerk staff who were actively monitoring these voting sites and did their best uh, just to help uh, wherever they can and to raise flags and concerns where they could. Uh, that election went extraordinarily smoothly, uh, and we're very proud of that. 
2021, as part of the voter suppression law, uh, Governor Abbott and the state legislature made it illegal for county clerk staff uh, or election administrator staff to visit the polling sites, mm. which is bizarre to me. The only way that they can 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 visit at all is if they're coming to repair something or drop something off, uh, but not just to check in and monitor and say, is everything going okay? And so perhaps we shouldn't be surprised that you know early alerts as to supplies dwindling uh, did not get to the EA's office because Cliff Tatum had his hands tied behind his back by Governor Abbott. So let me make sure I understand that. The, the, the people who have the very supplies could not show up there and check in to see if they needed anything unless they were called. Is that how it works? That's exactly how it works. They, they can't check in proactively. They can only check in when called. Hmm. Um, and this was in reaction to the fact that under my leadership, the county clerk's office had assigned professional staff in addition to the election judges, just to be there as a base of support. Uh, and in 2020, sadly, while most of the 800 plus locations uh, used those staff members and, and were happy to have them, uh, the local Republican Party uh, gave guidance to its election judges, some of whom followed it, to kick those people out of the voting centers. Chris, and I'm, then from there, law was passed now to make it illegal for them to show up to begin with. Chris, I'm curious because I'm sure that you've probably seen the governor's call for an investigation into this. Uh, and, and basically, he's tasked the secretary of state and the attorney general's office here in the state and the Texas Rangers uh, to each investigate this. Uh, and when he made that call, he said, uh, you know, he was talking about what happened in Harris County and says uh, it can be anything ranging from malfeasance to blatant criminal conduct. Did that stand out to you when you read this? I mean, this, these investigations are in their infancy, just starting, and we have a suggestion here from the top elected official in this state uh, that there could be criminal conduct before we've seen anything come out yet. Yeah, well, look, the, the governor's position on this is not one of integrity, plain and simple. Uh, this is the third investigation that Governor Abbott has called around Harris County elections uh, in less than a year. And to be clear, we haven't even had three major elections during that time frame, right? The first one he called because Donald Trump told him to. Uh, you know, Donald Trump said, we should investigate this thing. And 12 hours later, Governor Abbott uh, says, we're going to have an investigation. And that was the audit so this of the 2020 partisan, Right. Uh, which were never contested, in which Donald Trump won by five and a half points across the state of Texas. Uh, so this is clear partisan action. The last time, just a few weeks ago, when uh, the governor said some sort of audit was going to take place, Ken Paxton announced he was going to send some task force down here to monitor, and he didn't even do it. They're doing this for headlines. They're doing this to score points with right-wing extremists. Uh, those who are potentially going to vote in a Republican presidential primary that, that Greg Abbott's interested in, they're not doing this in the interest of justice, in the interest of fairness, or in the interest of equity. And something that I said to you, Jason, uh, widely offline was, we should absolutely be looking into anything that might have impacted uh, a voter from being able to cast their ballots. I agree with that 100%. Um, we know that these challenges were technical, that these challenges were logistical. And so to even imply that criminal action might might be a part of this 
uh, is absurd. And it goes into this war against Houston, against Harris County, uh, against major cities across the state of Texas that um, that Governor Abbott has been waging for years uh, to try to build his set of credentials for a right wing primary in 2024. The one person who did strike my attention, I want you to add some context to this, is Kim Ogg. She's the Harris County District Attorney. She's a Democrat. She's also investigating. When I see a Democrat investigating a Democrat, I'm like, huh, what's that about? Because I fully expect the politics around the Republicans who've already declared that uh, we should investigate. Why is the Democratic DA launching an investigation as well, too? Does she think there were criminal actions? Yeah, I mean, that's perplexing at best. Um, and, and many of the actions that have come out of that office recently appear to have some kind of political bent to it. Your guess is as good as mine, what's going through DA Ogg's mind um, in supporting, um, again, this, this continuation of the big lie, this continuation of Donald Trump's Stop the Steal movement here in Harris County. Um, when there doesn't seem to be any allegation, and I haven't heard one, whether it's from Ogg's office or from Abbott's office, about what criminal could have happened in this situation. And so to, to, to partner uh, with Governor Abbott and Ken Paxton in these clearly partisan actions uh, is confusing to me. But did that raise your antenna a little bit more? Because I, I do think that it, it it definitely caught people's attention when the governor suggested criminal conduct. But now when you have a Democratic DA there in Harris County also looking into this, did that raise your antenna a little bit more or did you immediately dismiss that? Uh, it seems in line with some of the antics that have come out of the DA's office uh, in recent months and years. What, what do you mean by that? You're on the ground there, Chris, man. We're, we're not on the ground there with you. What's going on in the DA's office? That's another podcast probably, but what's happening? From what I've seen, um, and, you know, we have some real safety challenges here in Houston as, as major cities have across America. Uh, but from what I've seen, there's been more of a focus on, on antics and headlines than there has been uh, on the safety of the people of Houston and Harris County. Hmm. What we should say, though, that, you know, in addition to what happened with this past election here earlier uh, in November uh, with, you know, some missing keys in some places, some, you know, places opening a little bit late, uh, having to stay open late because of that uh, at those different precincts, uh, you know, some paper missing, uh, you know, and, and people having to wait longer to cast their ballots. Even before that, we, you know, saw the, the predecessor to, to this elections administrator, uh, you know, they had the, the issue with ballots in the primary that didn't make it into the election night results. Uh, and, and Harris County has always been plagued by, by slow counting. In your estimation, what is it going to take to fix this to, to make everyone happy? Is it possible? I mean, it's probably not possible to make everyone happy, but what needs to be done here? Yeah, uh, look, election administration is, is not a and should not be a political job. Uh, it's, it's a job managing an enormous logistical operation. Um, and so in the same way you've seen successful private sector companies, whether it's a Chick-fil-A drive-through or an HEB uh, you know, shopping line, solve some of these challenges, we should be taking that approach uh, to make these operations uh, seamless, certainly for the voter, but also uh, behind the scenes for you know, the election administration staff where possible. 
that's tough. And a lot of people in the political world, in the, the world of uh, government, um, you know, don't come equipped with those skill sets as a priority. Uh, and again, I'm not speaking in particular about anybody uh, like, you know, like E.A. Tatum, who has decades of experience in this place and just, again, stepped into a really, really hard job on short notice. Um, but you have to you have to run this again for what it is, which is serving millions of people in a short amount of time, getting them through lines, whether those be in person or whether that's through uh, counting mail ballots and uh, and processing them quickly and accurately and giving people not only uh, the true exercise of their constitutional right, but the feeling of certainty that their vote mattered and that their vote uh, was counted fair and square. And then counting those results and letting the results be what they are. That's what we wanna see. And I think that's what we'll see more of, uh, but it takes that operational focus. Chick-fil-A has a down, man. I, I've heard a lot of people suggest <laughs> that they run elections. <laughs> Chick-fil-A has a down, but, but, but let me just, well, we don't have drive throughs anymore, unfortunately. Right. Uh, let me press Jason's question, Tad. Based on your experience, Chris, uh, running that office and, and based on the headlines you're seeing now, I realize you're not there anymore. Are there any specific things that you would call Cliff up on the phone and say, listen, try this, try that. Um, and, and see if these help settle some of the issues. Look, I'd, I'd love to sit down and understand some of these details uh, as they experience them. Um, having not done that and just experienced it as a voter, um, I, I don't want to sit here and armchair quarterback what they did or didn't do. Um, I, I welcome the opportunity to learn a little bit more and, and to offer my assistance. Um, we, we armchair quarterback all the time, Chris. I mean, that's, that's, we have an entire podcast of that. Uh, hey, did did you have any did did you have any issues when you voted? No, my experience uh, was was really smooth. Uh, okay. My family has a tradition of voting together, and it took a while to coordinate my wife and I's busy schedules. So we voted uh, around seven a.m. on election day uh, with wow. the kids. And the hardest thing was going through the. I think we had ninety-eight different things on our ballot, whether it was uh, elected judges. Uh, or propositions. Um, so the hardest part was just having the patience to go one by one by one down that long Harris County ballot. But the folks there <laughs> at Wheeler Avenue did a great job as they always do. Um, and I felt like it was a smooth process. As far as I understand it, it was a two pager uh, on, on paper. Is that right? Yep. Okay. So Absolutely. That may have helped contribute to that. That's why they ran shortage. out of ballots then, right? Uh, yeah, that's why they ran out of the fit ballots. Fit all of those onto one next time. Chris, we can't ignore the fact that, that all of this is happening. Uh, these investigations are starting, and certainly the rhetoric is ramping up. And again, we're hearing it from the governor, the lieutenant governor, uh, also from the Democratic AG there in Harris County, uh, or rather a district attorney there in, in Harris County. We can't overlook the fact that we are heading into a legislative session here in Texas in January. Mm -hmm. How much concern do you have that some of this rhetoric is laying a predicate here to where we might see something like what happened in Georgia, where they passed a law that said that, you know what, if your local elections office has issues, the state can step in and administer the elections there, or the state can step in and oversee that office. How concerned are you that we're going to see some changes there? Yeah, well, that's the path that, that Dan Patrick and, and Greg Abbott have taken uh, in recent years. 
And certainly after the 2020 election, which again was largely uncontested across the state of Texas and went extraordinarily smoothly here in Houston and Harris County, um, they took the same step that Georgia and Arizona and Pennsylvania and Wisconsin took, which was spitting the party line about a stolen election, uh, about nefarious actions, about conspiracy theories, um, and then using that to take a copy and paste uh, set of policies that came from ALEC, which writes these right-wing policies across America, and putting them in place here uh, in Texas. That made it harder for, for folks to vote, especially in major cities, in larger counties, and especially for people of color, uh, and people who it's harder to cast a ballot for are, are senior citizens, people with disabilities, uh, and other folks who might have challenges getting to the polls. It has now gotten harder uh, in the state of Texas, and it wouldn't surprise me if they went back to the well here and tried to make it even harder for, uh, for Houstonians to vote. My last question, Chris, what do you expect to come of these investigations? Is anything, or do you think it will result in legislation, uh, or do you think we'll see some surprises in the coming months? If, if, if the past is predicate, what's going to come out of these investigations is nothing at all. The point of these investigations is just to be able to tell right-wing extremists that there's an investigation going on. Um, there's, there's nothing underneath that, uh, and no thought goes into it beyond that from what I've seen. Uh, Ken Paxton and Greg Abbott uh, want to be able to say that they're fighting the fight that right-wing conspiracy theorists want them to fight. Um, and so they're doing that. They've made the announcement, and then they hope to get you know as far away from it from there as they can. Um, but but that's what I've seen. So that's my expectation. I've got one more for you uh, before we hit the road here, Chris. Of course, you're running for mayor there in Houston next November uh, to replace the term limited uh, Sylvester Turner, who currently holds that office. Uh, and you know, since we're talking all about elections, uh, you know, you just saw the one we had here in, in Texas. Uh, a lot of people thought that Democrats fielded their strongest slate of statewide candidates yet, and they just got clobbered. As someone who is sitting on the sidelines watching that and, you know, who might be considered a, a rising star here in the Democratic Party in Texas, what are your thoughts about how Democrats win statewide? I think there's a, a lot of soul-searching happening right now. Yeah, look, it's about you know, taking the fight forward every single day, um, not just showing up in communities when it's time to vote, uh, but year round sharing a message about why it's important to support support working families, uh, how the Democratic Party uh, is going to be able uh, to, to help you put food on your table, to help you get access to health care as folks like Greg Abbott um, have refused uh, to help regular Texans when we're the least insured state in the country and sharing a message of, of what we believe uh, we can deliver. Uh, that's what we're going to be doing for the city of Houston, talking about practical issues, not from a political uh, angle, but saying, how can we help keep you and your family safe? How can we make this a city of opportunity, not just for some, um, but for all? And, you know, we're also, as Democratic leadership just held on here in Harris County, but despite an onslaught of more than $20 million uh, poured in by the same folks who are vote suppressors, by the same folks, um, you know, who don't want to see progress here. You know, we'll be asking why that same set of people and funders are now lining up with John Whitmire uh, in his race for mayor. Chris, thanks for the time as always, man. Appreciate it. Chris, thanks for being back on with us. See you soon.
so as we're focusing on, you know, what happened in the November 2022 election and the governor is focused on that, the DA there in Harris County focused on that, uh, boy, we're already getting a primer for this big battle that happens in November of next year there in Harris County in Houston. Uh, and uh, the gloves looks like are coming off a little bit early there. He did say it's a nonpartisan election, but you know the the opponent he's talking about there uh, is a, a a Democrat. So uh, yeah, this will be interesting. State Senator John Whitmire, who's also running for mayor down there, uh, former city councilman Amanda Edwards is running for mayor. Chris Hollins, former yeah. Harris County clerk, is running for mayor. We just heard from there uh, a number of people. It's definitely going to go into a runoff. But before we get to that next election in November of 2023. Let's stick with the present here and uh, go to another elected official down there in Harris County. Uh, his name is State Senator Paul Betancourt. He represents, uh, you know, the west side of Houston, the entire western and northern uh, northwestern side of Harris County as well. And he is one of them that came out really early on saying, listen, there are problems here that need to be figured out. So we gave State Senator Betancourt a call to see what he thinks about this. Hey, Senator, welcome back to the program. Uh, Harris County is the most populated in the state, as we all know. Harris County warned ahead of time there would likely be issues on Election Day. These all seem procedural to me. Do you think there was any malice involved anywhere? Well, at this point in time, we don't know. And that's what these investigations are all about. But when you see that what the problems that we've seen on Election Day, you have to wonder. Um, you've got 23 polls that seem to have run out of paper or weren't given enough to start with, and they weren't followed up with to get more ballots to those polls on a timely manner. Uh, the Harris County Republican Party sent a staffer over to Central Count. They actually got one of these precinct judges on the phone with uh, Tatum's people, and the, the person there said, you're not going to get any more ballot paper. You've had all you're going to get effectively get out of here. And if you don't, we're going to charge you with criminal trespass. That's the type of attitude we're facing down here with this elections administrator. It's unacceptable. It's awful. And it shouldn't happen because if there's a precinct with a, or polling place without paper, these are countywide polling places. It, everybody can vote there. It, it's not rocket science. So the 21st century, you should get the ballot paper you need. It's you, preposterously you bad. You mentioned Mr. Tatum, that's Cliff Tatum, the new elections administrator there in Harris County. He's not a partisan person like other people who have sat in that seat before, though. Have you spoken to the elections administrator, Mr. Cliff Tatum, at all, or is anyone in your office? Okay, well, first off, he comes from a background where he had blown two elections in D.C. The problem with this whole process is hardly anybody got to speak with Mr. Tatum before he was hired because Harris County doesn't do background checks until somebody is hired, not before they're hired. And that's the problem with the process that we've got in Harris County. And, and that's why uh, there, was, uh, there was votes against him when he was hired. Look, when there were partisan people of both parties in this election process, one was the county clerk, the other was my old job as tax assessor, voter registrar, Things ran smoothly to the point where in 2004, I actually handled 55,000 phone calls in four seconds. And if an election judge had a problem, we picked it up on the first ring. I don't know where this guy got training in D.C. because it was bad. I don't know what his acumen is because it's poor. But when you've got 
uh, you know, thousands of people that get knocked off a line in the, in, in the nation's third largest county. They, they go to polls. They can't vote because government doesn't give them ballots. That's abominable. Were, were there people who actually were not able to cast a ballot? Absolutely. One precinct judge had to dismiss 150 people from line. Think about that. You got a line that's 150 deep and you're out of paper and you have to dismiss them. We had other uh, presiding judges that were begging surrounding polls for, uh, for paper. The entire chain of custody on ballots totally broke down because there weren't enough at these at polls. And what the party has done in this investigation so far is provide evidence to Secretary of State, now to the Texas Rangers, now to the, to the district attorney, that it looked like these polls only had 1,200 sheets of ballot paper, which means they can only vote 600 votes if they don't have any spoilage. And clearly, they had more ballots that required. And because of a law we passed, the internal elections administrator group They've got trackers. They know how many people are voting at these places. So to hang up on presiding judges after 45 minutes to tell people you're not going to get any more ballots, it's, it's, it's a classy misdemeanor at minimum. You, do you think this was criminal at all, what happened in Harris County? I, the, the reason why there's, yes, I believe that there's criminal investigations going on. We've got the district attorney now confirming an investigation. We've got the Secretary of State already in writing that's turned over their findings to the district attorney and the attorney general. And, 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 Texas and Senator, what, 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 what is the crime committed, though? What, what, what crime do you think was committed? The, the, it, the, it's, the... A, it's a clear violation. You have to provide election supplies for on an election. And you can't willfully not give them out. I mean, these are this is a substantial issue. And, and, and we know for sure that we saw one of the, of the chiefs of the, of the elections group on the phone with the presiding judge in front of a, a Republican staffer telling him that's all the paper you're going to get. You're not going to get any more ballots. You're, this you're is a serious issue. Senator, you're, you are uh, refiling a bill that did not pass last legislative session. Um, you, you have a companion bill with that in the, uh, the, the state house. What, what do you want to see happen, though, to, to correct the, uh, the issues in Harris County? First off, we put into the, the voter integrity bill a reconciliation form that every county has to fill out. Harris County's initial form was there were 6,409 more ballots than voters. Then after the public press conference, that number dropped down to roughly 2,400. There's still more ballots than there are voters. Now, when you have that problem, why that you, somebody has to investigate. So what Senate Bill 2020 did, does, and it was filed last time, and it was actually part of an of a earlier version of the voter integrity bill, is that it embeds marshals into the Secretary of State. So if there's a problem, they can actually go stop it on election day. In addition, it also puts together a rocket docket for court cases so that this is not something that's done ad hoc, but the courts are prepared, they're done by the regional administrators, and if there's an issue, it gets resolved like that. Because if there's a problem, you have to fix it. And that's what's wrong with this entire process. What gets measured gets fixed, except in elections. But that's why we've got this reconciliation document and, and that's why there's so much attention 
on this problem because I've never seen people more outraged. I get stopped wherever I go with people saying, I tried to vote. I know somebody tried to vote. There wasn't any paper. The machines were broken. This shouldn't be happening in Texas. It shouldn't be happening in Harris County. Quite frankly, it shouldn't be happening in America. Senator, before I let you go, I want to ask you about Donald Trump running for president, just announcing the other day. Are you going to support him? Uh, right now, my focus is on this, okay? Because I want to make sure that everybody understands that this effort is not about being election denier. It's about known voter regularities that I've testified on the floor of the Senate in prior elections. And what this means is that we've got to have immediate action. We've got to have investigations. So I'm not going to be involved in any other political activity until we get to the bottom of this mess in Harris County. Senator, we will be watching to see what happens. Thank you for the time. Thank you. So, you know, at the end of the day, just like we talked with Chris Hollins about, we'll have to wait and see whether any of this actually, any of these investigations result in anything. But the criminal charge that we've been trying to figure out what might be is, is the lack of uh, a refusal to supply voting supplies. Now, whether it was a refusal and whether you can actually show any malice in that, that Cliff Tatum, the current Harris County Elections Administrator, actually withheld anything intentionally, that's a pretty high bar to reach, Jason. Well, well, then, too, you also wonder, you know, because of the way laws are set up, and as Chris touched on there, these laws that uh, Republican leadership were able to get through in 2021 that disallow people from the clerk's office from going out and proactively seeing if there's anything in need at different voting locations, now you wonder, does that come back to bite you if indeed you filed criminal charges against someone and they go to court and they can say in court, oh, I would have been glad to have fixed that, except I couldn't know that it was happening because I didn't get the phone call. Normally, we would have been proactive and been out there, and I would have liked to have done that. that that's all hypothetical, but I'm just wondering from a defense standpoint, if indeed charges were filed, would that now constitute a defense? Yeah, would you, because would, of the way that law was done. 100 percent. Would you have a defense on that? I, th this is one to watch, but, you know, we're also still waiting from the Secretary of State's office, uh, the, the audit, uh, phase two of the audit th that's coming out. And we had them on our plate. They're in Harris County. In Harris County. From 2020. From the 2020 election, the one that Chris Hollins oversaw. And, and there, there, there were delays in, in getting everything that, that uh, the state wanted. Um, but the Secretary of State, who is a Republican appointee, John Scott, uh, you know, appointed by Governor Abbott, um, he said that there, there's, there might have been procedural issues, but nothing criminal that was identified in the 2020 election. Mm. I, th I think that they might have the same result in any of these investigations they look into here now. Chris yeah. Hollins is, was the county clerk. That, that's an elect, elected position. Um, Cliff Tatum, the current elections administrator that we had on just before the election, he, he is more of a bureaucrat. He's not a, mm -hmm. you know, he, and he, he just got this job uh, in August. So people are already calling for his resignation. The only reason I think that he might leave is there's way too many, you know, too much politics going on around him. I just can't right. imagine him leaving and the, uh, you know, the, the Harris County Commissioner's Court, uh, you know, making him leave.
although his predecessor left uh, because of complaints after that uh, primary election uh, right. earlier in the year. So we'll see. Uh, but, you know, this is why, folks, uh, you know, we uh, finish an election and there are lots of challenges, legal uh, and just, you know, out in the public square and, and accusations that things were done wrong. Uh, and then we have, you know, recounts and so forth. And then, you know, we've got people announcing early. We're already talking about next year. We're already talking about 2024. This is why it seems like now, I think, that the election cycle never ends because it's always something's being litigated or getting ready for the next one or both. And unfortunately, this podcast has to end because I'm sure you guys are pulling in to grandma's house or your uncle's house or mom and dad's house and you need to hop out of the car. You've been listening the entire time. Wheeler would love to go on and on. Wheeler is the talker here on the podcast, not me. I, I want to let you go. I want to get you off the line here. Uh, I'm, here Wheeler, for all those I'm here for all those people who had relatives cross country that they spent Thanksgiving <laughs> with and they're trying to get back home and, and, and they just needed some, some voice help on the way. The ones driving to New Mexico that need another 12 hours of Wheeler talking. Thanks thanks so much for, uh, for listening. We always appreciate it. Hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving, and we'll talk to you again next time.